Part 1, Chapter 3, The Grosty Wastes. Wait, Ajax said, taking Cassandra by the arm to stop her from soldiering into the wastes. We have no idea what lies ahead, but we know the danger here in the Darkwood. Better the danger we know than the one we don't. What do you mean? She asked. We need to rest. We've just spent the whole night walking. The wastes aren't going anywhere. We can spare a few hours to sleep and have a bite to eat, Ajax said. His dark eyes searched the forest floor, over gnarled trunks and underbrush. They were at the edge of the wood, but still invisible to the outside. But... Cassandra had no ground to plant an argument. Her mind was as weary as her body. No worthwhile or intelligent thoughts to be grasped. Just sticky guilt, like tar that clung, watertight, and refused to wash away. She dropped the half-formed protest, hating herself for being weak and tired. This spot will do, Ajax said, as he spread his cloak over the leaf-strewn earth. They nestled in, safe between the twisting roots, and fell fast asleep in a moment. Philip's blue eyes sparkled in the midday sun. He had just tied Ajax in a foot race along the riverbank. Cassandra's smile beamed as she watched him leap into the air relishing the moment. Philip never beat Ajax at anything physical. To tie in a foot race was something worth celebrating. Ajax came alongside his friend, lavishing praises and a pat on the back. I'm getting faster, Philip exclaimed. Maybe I'll beat you next time. Maybe, conceded Ajax. But I won't make it easy for you. Cassandra lounged in the glimmering sand drinking in the sunlight and watching as the boys moved to wrestling. Ajax was tying Philip into a knot with no great effort. She'd noted the telltale sign of manhood approaching with the recent drop in both their voices. Gone were the shrill war cries of yesteryear. They would be men soon, but for now, that adolescent curse of squeaks and cracks of the voice that so embarrassed boys was upon them both. Ajax pinned her brother and rose, he was a gracious victor, and was never one to gloat. He allowed himself an instant to savor the win, then offered a hand to his defeated friend. She admired that restraint in Ajax. She'd heard it said that humility was a mantle more beautiful than those of kings. She thought she understood the saying in that moment. Cassandra? Ajax's voice pulled her from a daydream. May I have a favor? I don't know. Tell me what it is first, she replied. I don't mean that kind of favor. I meant the stuff that ladies give to knights who fight in tournaments. She noticed the color in his cheeks as he awaited her response. You know, like a bracelet or or a handkerchief or something? She's my sister, Ajax. Why would she go and root for you? She has to root for me. Right, Cass? Philip cut in brashly. Cassandra hadn't given it much thought. She was flattered by Ajax's request. Something about it excited the romantic in her. Philip's request was not exciting in the least, but she felt duty-bound to her twin, her flesh and blood. She slid the lilac ribbon from her hair and presented it to Philip. His face crinkled at the gift. I don't want your hair ribbon, he said. That's too girly. Cassandra exchanged glances with Ajax 
who quickly turned his eyes to the ground. The romance of the moment was shattered. Brothers were always good at that. It wasn't that she fancied Ajax, or even thought much of him at all. He was Philip's friend, really. Still, the request had made her feel special, and every bit a princess. Thanks for rooting for me, sis. Philip's gratitude was made manifest with a bear hug and a dimpled smile. Ajax, let's go swimming. I'll race you to the island in the middle of the river. With that, they were off at full speed. Cassandra watched Philip try and keep up with Ajax in the green, flowing water. He was a kind brother, and she would always root for him. Cassandra's eyes fluttered open. She hadn't wanted to wake from the dream. Such a blissful memory. The ache of Philip's absence was a chasm in her heart. Too vast to be bridged, too deep to be filled. She looked up through the leaves. The sun had reached its pinnacle, climbed the dais to its throne in heaven's azure vault. She rose and woke Ajax. There was still a good half-day to put the dark wood in their dust. Ajax sat up with a start, still lost in sleep. He blinked and shook himself awake. Mm. What time is it? He asked, rubbing his eyes. Midday, she said, peering into the wastes. We must go. I don't want to stay in the woods another night. Mm. Let's eat something first, Ajax said, rummaging through his satchel. I'm starved. Let's eat as we walk, she suggested. I don't want to let any more of the day get away from us. With that, they were off. The waste proved immediately treacherous. All craggy steep with skittering stones, rock slides, and dubious footing. They seemed a place designed to make one fall and skin a knee, or worse, break a neck. Both of them at one point or another nearly tumbled down Agrosti's spiteful slopes. The wastes were hard and dead, not a green thing to be seen for miles. All around them towering rock formations shot skyward like rib bones from a carcass picked clean, like spears on a battleground. The terrain did seem at war with the sky's colorful beauty. The wastes were cantankerous, drab, gray, and determined to remain just so. That's strange, muttered Ajax, who walked a few paces behind. I could have sworn those tall rocks are closer to us now than before, but we've been walking away from them. Cassandra glanced back. She observed a scene much the same as that which lay ahead. Had a few tall stones moved closer? She thought it unlikely. Her private worry was that the sun was getting to Ajax. The day was warm, and they had agreed to ration water, since the water skin had to last until they found a brook or a spring. Neither of them had drunk much since the stream at the wood's edge. They trudged a short while on before Ajax turned and more perplexed this time, cried out. This doesn't make any sense. They're closer now. Cassandra looked back and felt some small relief. There was no denying that a few of the towering stones she'd marked in her mind were closer now than before. There was a mix of conflicting emotions, gladness that Ajax had not fallen into delirium, and a disquiet at what seemed to be tall stones inexplicably moving, creeping after them. The children quickened their pace, glancing back more often than before. 
Each time, the stones appeared to be still, but always closer. Finally, Ajax stopped. Something isn't right here, and I'm not taking my eyes off those stones until I figure it out, he said stubbornly, planting his feet and crossing his arms. He hunkered down for a staring match with the mystery stones. Ajax glowered. The stones stood motionless. Ajax shifted his stance and raised a hand to shield his eyes from the sun. The stones stood stone still. Cassandra was engrossed watching Ajax and the stones. The notion came too late that this phenomenon of stones might be true of more than just the ones behind. She turned, back to back with Ajax, and looked with horror on a stony semicircle formed behind their backs while they'd focused on their pursuers. Every time they turned away, the stones unseen advanced. Some of the towering megaliths had moved so close that the children were nearly swallowed up by their long shadows. Something black flitted past the stony congregants. A specter, perhaps, or a shadow. No, it was a fox. The creature stood atop a nearby hill, eyeing them. Its coat was black, with flecks of stormy gray. Its eyes gleamed a cunning yellow, uncomfortably intelligent. Cassandra stared into those eyes, and a chill ran through her body. The fox looked upon their plight, then disappeared behind the hill. Cassandra! Ajax's voice was filled with alarm. Look out! She turned just in time to see one of the megaliths in motion. It shifted, morphed before her eyes into a towering stone giant, ten times the height of a man. Now, she saw eyes and a twisted face in what she'd mistaken for simple clefts and nodes. The circle of giants had all cast off their Aspectus and Animatus now. Arms made of composite stone, thick as tree trunks, rose into the air. Cassandra stood transfixed as the creature brought its powerful arms down. Ajax ripped her from harm's way as the giant's fists crashed down, shattering the earth where seconds before they'd stood. Debris showered down, and a massive cloud of dust rose into the air. Desperation took the children. Each longed to flee that dire circle, but there was no egress that did not take them into grasp or stomping range. Something gently brushed Cassandra's leg, and with a start she turned to find the black fox. The creature's yellow eyes met her own. Then it turned toward the giants, and shrilled a howl to make one's blood run cold. One of the giants began to raise its arms for another blow. But then a strange thing happened before Cassandra's eyes. A rune of brilliant light appeared upon the creature's brow. There, that cryptic letter shone brighter by the instant. The giant dropped its arms and slumped its massive form, stupefied. The symbol, like a proper contagion, infected the other giants too, marked each of their brows in light, and held them fast. What's happening? Ajax asked. Why are they stopping? Those magic runes, don't you see? Cassandra said. I don't see anything. The fox howled, and the giants just stopped, he said. There's magic. I can see it, Cassandra told him. They're marked now. They cannot move. The fox looked at the children, held each in its gaze a while, then turned tail and padded out of the giant circle. The children scrambled to follow. The creature was clearly magical. Might they dare to hope it was even friendly? Might they hope still a little more, that it could lead them to a clue in finding Philip? The fox trotted on, 
glancing back at the children from time to time. It led them over hills and through parched gullies, long deprived of water's cooling touch. The creature was a mystery. It surely did not fear them, but neither did it seem overly interested. It merely pressed on toward uncertainty, allowing them to follow. They came at last to a rugged hollow. Here, their vulpine guide slowed and led them round a hulking boulder. On the other side, they found a toothy cave, gaping wide and hungry in the rock face. Once inside that stony maw, they found the gullet reach far back into darkness, deep into the earth. The fox led them on until the darkness swallowed them. As the last hints of light abandoned them, the children pondered for the first time whether the animal was truly a friend. True, it had saved them, but to what purpose? Cassandra felt Ajax take her by the arm and lean in close. I don't know if we should follow any further. What if it's a trap? He whispered into her ear. I don't know. She whispered back. We came to find magic and it seems that magic has found us. If this fox meant us harm, then why would it have saved us back there? I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of it. I think we should keep going. At least there's a chance it doesn't mean us harm. And if it does? Ajax's question went unanswered. A globe of light burst into existence in the air above the fox. The animal had stopped, and the newborn luminance reflected in the yellow eyes that watched them converse. I'm sorry if you overheard us, Cassandra said apologetically. But you can't begrudge us a little distrust after what just happened with those stone giants earlier. The fox eyed her, and the children were sure it understood all it said, and nearly as sure it might be able to speak back if it so desired. By way of response, it turned and continued on with a swish of its tail. They passed pillars formed from stalactite and stalagmite lovers, joined in a kiss till time's end. They passed subterranean pools fed by dribbling fountains that poured from the black abyss above. Where are we going? Ajax asked suddenly. His voice echoed in the vastness of the unseen chamber. The fox seemed to ignore him, but for the flick of an ear. Then it stopped and turned to face them. The children waited. The fox, satisfied that it had their attention, turned toward the cavern wall, then passed straight through the stone. Had it been the first uncanny sight witnessed by the children, they might have been taken aback. But after all they'd seen, an illusory wall was nothing so strange. They followed, passing through the wall with arms outstretched, a surety against collision with the non-existent stone. On the back side of that apocryphal wall, a stairwell spiraled down into obscurity. The steps were cut right into the stone walls. The fox had paused to see them through, but began at once down the spiraling stairs once the children were in tow. The descent was anything but ordinary. Cassandra felt the world around her growing dizzy. She wasn't sure if it was she or the stairs that spun, but something strange was taking place. She looked up, expecting to see the top of the staircase. But that is not what she saw, and what she saw surprised her. Up was now the sideways of before. It had changed its fickle mind. The stairs they'd walked now wrapped around a ceiling that had puzzlingly been a wall moments before. It was mind-boggling, disorienting. Did they walk upright on the walls? 
perhaps some other incomprehensible shift occurred within the tunnel. The stairs ahead dropped abruptly down, what currently seemed down, into a hole. The fox continued on undaunted, stepping four paws down into the hole and disappearing altogether. Ajax stopped, weighing whether to follow into such an altered reality. The sense of proper up and down had long since abandoned them. Still, could stepping into a vertical drop not mean falling? He mustered courage, took a deep breath, and took that step of faith. He did not fall, but continued on with up and down again redefined. Cassandra hurried after him, her stomach twisting as she rounded the impossible bend. When they caught up to the fox, they found it standing at a dead end in the tunnel. Suddenly, a wooden door appeared in the stone. The fox barked, the door swung open, and it walked inside. The children huddled together on that crisscrossed ledge and watched the light of the fox glow dwindle as it moved further in. What would they find beyond that door? There was but one way to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Keith writer and co-creator of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this series, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend about us. It really helps. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Path of Legends. We're proud to be a part of the Podbelly Network. You can find us and other great podcasts at podbelly.com. Thanks again for listening.